2: To the Squareball podcast. I'm not Dan Moylan. This is the right voice because I'm Moscow White, Daniel Chapman, in the wrong order. I don't normally come first, but we're Moylanless this week, temporarily, because of some reasons relating to real life. He'll be back. They always come back and he won't be away for long. But in the meantime, I'm in charge of presenting episode number 208 of the Squareball podcast, and with me, is Michael Normanson? Hello, and Rob Conlon. Hello there, Squareball contributor of long years standing. And what is it you do at Planet Football? Run it.
3: Yeah, essentially, uh, which is interesting. When did we last see Dan? There was a big tire fire in Bradford yesterday. Wasn't there?
2: <laughs> is he being held? Do we know? Legally, we're we're consulting with our friends at Levi Solicitors, uh, who we're still very grateful to for sponsoring the podcast, and they will offer. discount on your legal fees at levisolisters.co.uk forward slash the square ball. They don't actually do arsonists, do they? Probably not, no.
3: But if you want conveyancing or something, perfect.
2: And in case a change of voice might encourage you to sign up to the square ball plus, here is your reminder that you can listen to this podcast with no adverts and with early access to the match ball. You get a daily email and you can have a full digital subscription to the SquareBall magazine. There will be merchandise discounts. There's money off a paper subscription. It's madness that you are not already signed up to TSB Plus. So go to the dot net slash plus and be amazed at the great value. <laughs> Seriously, it's not funny. It feels to me like this has been the longest time without a Leeds United match or any football worth watching. Um, I suppose Scottish people may disagree, but I'm yearning for the days when we were getting hammered 4-1 by everybody twice in a week. That was good. This has been boring.
3: It feels a little bit like the, the Premier League is in a break from international football so far this season. We've already done this, haven't we? How many England games do there need to be? Get the Euro qualifiers played, I understand that. The rest of it, they should have just not bothered. The Nations League didn't exist a while ago, just go back
2: to it not existing. Scotland missed out on promotion.
3: The very no notion of promotion in international football feels wrong. And one of the island teams about to
0: get relegated.
2: Oh, well, they were just about to qualify for um the Euro Euros twenty twenty, which is happening in twenty twenty one.
0: I mean, I'll be honest, Moscow I've not watched anything, so I don't actually know what's happened. Well, you, but you, I have listened to Guardian Football Weekly and they said something about relegation. So
3: That's the Republic of Ireland. Pat go. Bamford's beloved nation. They have, I think they've lost six in a row without scoring a goal or something. So, um, I think mean, they're, they're a... awful now. I, I must admit, I did look at their team the other day and I had to Google some of the players in it. That's how bad they are.
2: Do they need a striker?
3: They do. He would he would undoubtedly be their best. He'd probably be their best player, full stop.
2: Calvin Phillips, who also didn't give us any interest in England because he wasn't picked. I suppose he did have a poorly shoulder, so it's fair enough. He reckoned Pat Bamford was going to sleep excited about potentially <laughs> playing for England.
0: Thank God there was that little postscript to that. Then um, I have, I always thought with Banford though because you do see him in interviews and he does come across so bulletproof, confident despite how he used to play on the pitch. And I did often think that he's probably not playing for Ireland because he does genuinely think he can play for England. And to be fair to him, he's not far
2: off. Why should he help them? It's not his fault that they can't score a goal. We were touching on Northern Ireland as the other the other island. This is for some reason we always seem to get into trouble whenever the international roundup takes us Those to... two
3: should join up to make one big team. That's an uncontroversial statement. Well,
2: who would play in goal?
3: Not Bailey Peacock Farrell. I don't know. Shea Given, get him out of retirement. Pat Bonner, someone like that. Anyone but Bailey
2: Peacock Farrell. I mean, you say you haven't seen any of the international football. This wasn't really international football.
0: You know, I have done some research in literally before you just picked me up, but I um just watched the highlights of the Northern Ireland game. And I did enjoy, I mean, I was very, very sad for Stuart Dallas and I do really like that kit. It's got a bit of a Germany away vibe, which is nice. But I did watch Stuart Dallas's reaction when Peacock Farrell conceded that last, uh, the extra time, what's the opposite of a winner, loser. And yeah, Dallas's reaction was one of those where you could just see him going, fuck's sake, that's not on.
3: It's a man who's seen it before as well. (laughs) He probably saw where he was shooting from and just thought, I just hope that's not on target because that is going in.
2: I always use as a reference, I once tried to ask Gordon Strachan about Mel Sterling scoring a particular free kick in a match and Strachan just said, I can't remember that one because he used to score hundreds of free kicks like that in in training every week. I wonder if Stuart Dallas has the same thing, Of he's just seen that ball go inside Bailey Peacock Farrell's near post so many times, seen him do it as a child, seen him do it as an adult, thought it'd be shot of him when he went to Burnley, but now seeing him do it for his country. And it was bad enough where it used to be we'd drop a couple of points against Rotherham or something. An entire nation's hopes <laughs> spoiled.
0: He does seem kind of perfectly suited for this uh, international career though because he, do, he doesn't play for Burnley so nobody gets to see that he isn't actually very good. And he only occasionally plays for Northern Ireland and it seems that every time I see him play for Northern Ireland he's either made 20 saves in a game or he's messed up and unfortunately on this occasion it was the latter.
3: Just checking who their other goalkeepers are: Michael McGovern, (laughs) Norwich, Um, and Connor Hazard, or Hazard, depending if he's one of the uh, surely brother. Yeah,
2: surely a Belgian person. They did replace Bailey with McGovern for the next game. I don't know if he picked up a some kind of strain or just um,
0: it's too much football for him. One game a week, isn't it?
2: Happier days, though. Scotland did get through. Steve Clark. Just missing out on promotion in the Nations League, but it doesn't matter. That was part of the the weirdness about this international break. Big high for Scotland against Serbia, getting through on penalties. And then three days later, losing in the Nations League, which is a big come down. But concentrate on the good parts. Liam Cooper is going to play in the glamorous surroundings of Hampden Park and Wembley. Two exciting foreign stadiums for the European Championship matches.
3: The Nations League counts towards the World Cup now, doesn't it? This bit of Nations League, is that right? I've stopped paying attention. It can't count towards the Euros anymore, can it?
2: So it was the Euros, they had the Euro qualifying playoffs, and that was the game against Serbia, and they, they got through. So that's good, that's exciting. That's the bit I was trying to get you to be cheerful about, Liam Cooper going to an international tournament. And then after that, Nations League, which I think is to do with but I think the word coefficient gets mentioned so it's very difficult to say who actually will qualify for what as a result of this but we can definitely say that because Mitrovic missed a penalty and the other matches that Scotland have played they're off to the Euros.
3: That was a nice fun element Mitrovic missing it. Nine scored in a row and then up his steps. I was quite pleased for Scotland. I know they would be absolutely thrilled if England didn't qualify for a tournament but I don't know. I think because I was remember France 98 well and Scotland were at that I kind of feel they deserve to be at tournaments, even though they've been terrible ever since.
2: And we're playing them. So we'll see Pat Bamford against Liam Cooper in an international tournament.
0: With Calvin Phillips holding the, mid- the midfield as well. Maybe Bob Snodgrass can get a game for Scotland. If- or is he
2: retired? I don't know. And uh, McKinstry can play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll just round up any Leeds United-related Scottish or It'll player. be great, yeah.
0: That sounds good to me. And if fans are allowed at Wembley for that game, potentially that sounds like a lot of fun could happen. You're going to be
2: snapping the crossbar?
0: <laughs> yeah, not me, personally. My girlfriend's Scottish, and the last time I met her dad, who's a big Scotland football fan, he uh, pressed a knife against my throat, so I'm going to sort of try and stay neutral in that one.
2: <laughs> Is there any more to that story? Uh, we were at
0: a wedding, and he had the kilt and all that gear on, and I and I sort of suggested, oh, it'd be quite funny if, you, if we were to pose for a photo, and you were to hold the knife against me, or pretend to threaten me with it. Um, and then, yeah, he put it to my knife and pressed down with a bit more uh, put put it to my neck sorry and put it put a lot of force down which was um yeah uncomfortable i don't look very happy in the photos
3: (laughs) scottish people are terrifying we should we should probably cover that off i mean maybe hopefully the pandemic will still be going on really keep them up keep them up in glasgow
2: it's probably one of the benefits of liam cooper actually being from hull is that he's (laughs) he's quite a a mild-mannered soul um speaking of mild manners Jani Alioski is going to be there too. Although the nature of the whole Euro 2020 in 2021 tournament is it's all going to be in different countries. I don't actually know which country North Macedonia are being allowed access to. He doesn't care. He won't know anyway. It's fine. Did you see him playing the drums? I did. Good one, it? (laughs) It was very nice. Do you think that's when he did his hamstring? Yeah, we don't know how bad that is yet. It's swollen. And when people say things like, oh, he's got a swollen hamstring, part of you thinks, well... He'll only be out for a, a couple of days. Just a nice pack, isn't it? If you try to imagine your own hamstring as a non-sports person swelling, speak for yourself. Well, have you ever had a swollen hamstring?
3: Got one now. Can you tell? It, I don't really know where the hamstring is to be honest. So I don't. I think I'm fine.
2: Back of the thigh, isn't it? Yeah, I know that because you see players pulling up and they put their hand there, and you can. It's a sort of race then between you and the the co-commentator to say, "Oh, I think that's his hamstring." <laughs>
3: it's the one Michael Owen always used to do.
2: Well, Alyoski's done it, but before that, uh, they beat Georgia 1-0, did North Macedonia, and they're through. And the, the goal was scored by Pandev, which made sense because all North Macedonia's best goals have been scored by Pandev, who is their biggest star ahead of Gianni Alyoski.
0: He must be about 40 now, mustn't he? He is very old, yeah.
2: But they keep rolling him out. <laughs> Alioski keeps him young, and that'll be exciting. So there was some good stuff happened during the, during the break. Um, apologies to Northern Ireland. It was nice. They did let Stuart Dallas be the captain for his 50th cap. So that was nice. Click, played for Poland. Cock, played in midfield for Germany. Seemed fine. Difficult to know what to say about this. I just want the Premier League back.
3: It is a long time now until there are any more international games, so we do at least get a break from it.
2: It's actually not, because we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon and there are more tonight and tomorrow.
3: (laughs) Apart from those ones. But you know what I mean. Leeds play this week and then for lots of weeks consecutively after that we don't have to go off and travel inexplicably to Iceland to play a game or anything.
2: I am livid about this it's been (laughs) so boring if they could have just at least made the games interesting the best thing that happened in the England matches apparently Jack Grealish was good so that's not good.
0: Again going back to my only piece of research for this podcast by listening to Football Weekly they were reading out an article by Rob Smith saying that Grealish was playing his way into a world 11 which I thought was um an interesting take I mean there's, I know there's a lot of hype around him at the minute and I probably will begrudgingly admit that he seems like a talented footballer but I don't even think you'd put him in your England team if everyone was fit so it's quite interesting
3: I listened to the same podcast and he was thankfully shot down by other people yeah. on there who were sort of saying that's a r- ridiculous thing to have said about Jack Grealish he, he does I must admit he is better than I thought he was when we were in the championship and he seemed to think he was far too good for the championship which on reflection he was right about <laughs> and I was wrong about Again though, on that, on that England
0: game, people were highlighting the fact that he wins lots of fouls. Again, saying it as if it's because he's such a brilliantly talented footballer and nobody ever seems to say, yeah,
2: he does go down very, very easily. <laughs> he wins them can, by cheating. All they can do to stop him is kick him. Everybody's lost their mind about that clip of him healing the ball over his head. But in my um, extensive research, I looked at a tweet and it's a clip of Riyad Mahrez playing in the international break this week, I don't know who against. I'm not sure they were quite of the the standard of Belgium, but he flicks the ball over his head in a similar fashion, except the ball was played to him across about 80 yards. Once it's gone over his head, he then controls it, beats three players and scores. And it's kind of, well, I mean, Grealish flicked it over his head and I think he ran into somebody and fell over. So I'm saying there's probably a few things that Grealish could do to push himself into a World eleven beyond <laughs> just the odd little flick over his face once and twice and I suppose to be fair he did have to clear his hair as well
3: and Mares did do it on a what looked to be a park pitch as well it was it was very patchy and dry looking so he's more of a talent I think to do it on a a tricky surface
2: the only name missing from our extensive and detailed international roundup is Tyler Roberts who played two minutes for Wales but he did get an Irish player sent off so that's (laughs) we may as well at least Acknowledge that
0: that happened. In a Jack Grealish way or in a decent way?
2: He was running through in like the 90th minute. Um, Actually, it was stoppage time. It was even later. Um, Ireland had had a corner that they were just not going to score from, but they'd all gone forward just to pretend. And he broke and got onto the pass to him, crossed the halfway line, and somebody just ran across and clattered him. So that was that unarguable, really. But that was good. Probably more than Daniel James did if he He, even played in that game. He got the assist actually. (laughs) But did anybody get sent (laughs) off for it?
3: No, that's not how it works.
2: Well, it is now. Until he signs for Leeds, that is exactly how it works. The fixtures between now and proper football starting again aren't worth talking about. Should we just stop international football? It's not sensible. There's a pandemic on. I'm relieved so far Alioski is the only uh, casualty because looking at every other match result, it seems to have been like Scotland beat Serbia and these players were injured and these people also got COVID-19. There's
3: still time, isn't there? As you say, this final round of games will, will do for everyone. Is it possible to just
0: infect them before the international break so they've got to self-isolate for two weeks and then we just know they're all right? Then? Well, I mean, know they're all right is a bit of a stretch, but, you know, they're not playing international football at least.
2: It worked for Rodrigo. The Phil Hay Show from The Athletic and The Squareball will be coming up later in the week. While you're waiting for that to come along, you can go to the Athletics website and assuming you've subscribed, it's a prerequisite, but it's well worth it because you can read Phil Hayes articles about the birth of Prozone in Hare Hills in Leeds long ago and how the the people behind that are now working on um, predicting transfers using artificial intelligence, which is sort of like Victor Orta being turned into a computer and is definitely as interesting as that sounds. There's going to be a feature on Luke Ayling's development ahead of um, Arsenal coming to Elland Road, watching how brilliant he is and regretting ever letting him go. Some Alioski stuff and maybe some Pat Pamford information in the future. But you'll only be able to read all of that if you subscribe to The Athletic, um, which is only a pound a week if you go to theathletic.co.uk slash the square ball because that's our special offer. Well, it was a nice dream but we are no longer eligible to win pizza. The Papa John's trophy all over for Leeds United. We still have to play another game in it though, don't we?
3: I think so, yeah. That's another game. A bit like the international friendlies. Just don't bother. I mean, Joffrey might get a game, so that's quite nice. But how come this has changed? It's already it's the most tin pot competition before B teams were allowed. Then they've let Premier League B teams in. Then they've had it sponsored by leasing.com and Papa John's in a single season. The whole thing's just a bit tragic. I mean, if we'd been dead good in it, I'd be saying it was brilliant, but turns out uh, youth football's easier than playing some League One cloggers. I
0: I don't personally mind it as a way of sort of getting our money's worth out of Kiko. Just send him to these places to play these kids to concede lots of goals to embarrass himself.
2: I'm kind of fine with that. It's bad enough that they had to go to Blackpool, but Blackpool, when it's closed down by a pandemic, I mean, you can't even go on the beach, can you? The... the... Tower will be short. You can't go on the big one. Madam T Swords, not an option. No donkeys apart from the one in goal for Leeds United. 3 0, we lost to Blackpool. We had enough of that when we were playing in the Championship and League One.
3: I must admit, I did see the team we were putting out in this and think, oh, I'm going to watch this. And I, that's uh, where I was putting this. In the same way as I, I watched the pay per view games, I uh, it came on my telly, did this one. And <laughs> so I watched it and. It turned out we weren't very good at all. I've seen as I have watched bits of other games in this tournament, and we've had at least quite good spells. Whereas in this, we were pretty much just outclassed all game, which was a shame because we had a good team out. And I thought I was looking forward to seeing Galhart and <coughs> the all these youngsters. Kasia I don't think was massively at fault for anything, so that was good. Maybe that's the one positive we can Kept take. Kept his over. mouth shut. Kept his mouth shut. Yep. Um, and probably had a nice day in Blackpool. Maybe they stayed at the hotel. It's the hotel at the ground, isn't it? Which I've stayed at. It's a very odd place.
2: Did anybody stand out? I mean, I'm sure we were talking last week about sacking Bielsa, getting Eddie Gray in and playing Joffy and Greenwood. Obviously, Ian Pervader played as well. Some of the other names in the team, uh, Somerville, who we spent a million pounds on to bring him from Eredivisie. Kenny um, always reminds me of Paddy Kenny just because of the way his name's spelt, but I, I try not to hold it that against him. Same with um, Drama. <laughs> I don't know if if there's that theory that um Victor Orta is building an entire squad of left-footed players I don't know if um if the the younger age groups are trying to just build a, a team of warnock nicknames eh, Davis eh I mean he had his dad didn't he did um Colin eh drama Kenny, McCwan some of no
3: none of them were very good unfortunately
2: <laughs> not even Joffe
3: not even Joffe who has looked brilliant whenever I've seen him in the uh, under-23s, but I don't know. It's one of those things, it's such a step up for them, isn't it? Apart from, as mentioned, Kiko Kasia, who is apparently a Champions League winner and is now playing in front of zero people in Blackpool on a Tuesday night with some children. So, as Rob said, it's a good punishment for him, isn't it? It's a good way of making him earn his money. There was um, Blackpool's local Blackpool FC
0: writer tweeted about the disgrace of Kasia playing in a tournament that is designed to give young English players confidence and I did have to make the point that that probably did work wonders for the young English Blackpool (laughs) players that were playing against him but I think it is quite interesting how players like Perveda and some of these young guys who we really highly rate and have looked good at a decent level kind of struggle when they're in a team of boys against men I think we saw it in the uh, League Cup game against Hull when a lot of guys played and looked quite badly out of the depth actually Um, which
3: is a little bit worrying I think It's not unique to us when you look down the results I think Liverpool's team lost 6-1 at some point to some other lower league opposition. There's, it's not the case that you'd you'd think that, particularly with the money that goes into like Man City and Liverpool's academies, they might just romp this, but they do struggle in this tournament as well. So it's our first go at it, isn't it? I feel like I may have
0: just played too much football manager over the summer and I expect every 18-year-old <laughs> to be brilliant.
2: That is where we got Ian Paveda from though, isn't it? Manchester City's failing academy. So if they can't do well in this competition, I don't know how we expect to do well with their cast-offs. I was going to, before you mentioned Hull City, ask whether all these games being in Lancashire was a factor. Is that, Who do we play last? That can't possibly be. In, is it Preston? Is it Nelson United? <laughs> no, so I don't far, even know. So far, it's, uh, we, drew, well, we lost 7-0 at Accrington, was our happy introduction to this forlorn competition. And then 2-2 at Barrow in Furness. To give them their full title in the shadow of the nuclear facilities there.
3: What county is that even in? Is that still Lancashire? It it's could, so far away from everything.
2: It could be Cumbria, Cumbria? but it's it's over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's Just all like all I know about it. Who is it? Skem? Are we playing Skelmersdale?
3: <laughs> I actually am trying to look this up now because I'm curious.
2: Is the the Papa John's website not just instantly? Do you do you want to order a twelve inch thin crust pizza or watch some? kids getting knocked out by 30-year-old non-leaguers in the Lancashire mill towns.
3: It's actually really hard to navigate the website because the word Papa John's is on absolutely everything. It's blowing my mind that you can't look at a single thing. Why not look at the Papa John's draw, draw trophy? Papa John's, Papa John's.
2: <laughs> and leasing.com is but a, a memory.
3: Yeah, I don't know who we play next. Oh, but come we, on. We can't, we can't qualify anyway, so I'm, I'm not too concerned.
2: Well, we do have some good news. Having finally managed to find the uh, track down the Wikipedia page for this. Dreadful competition and salute you, unpaid Wikipedia editor who is keeping this updated. We're done, no more games, no more trips to Lancashire in this thing. But you're right, Wigan six, Liverpool under 21s, one was a result. Um, Man City again, you weren't right, they're top of their group by the looks of things, but
3: um, struggling though, all the struggle in those games. I've watched all of them. Can't get enough of that Papa John's
2: Scum's children beat Salford City's children 0-0, then they drew 0-0 with uh, 6-0, sorry, then they drew 0-0 with Rochdale It's amazing really that Scum can draw 0-0 with Rochdale and that barely makes a a tremor in my world
3: Anyway, just send Kiko to play friendly against Northwich Victoria On his own? Yeah
2: Take them all on.
3: (laughs) Been a quiet week for news
2: (laughs) It has, but we can at least talk about some good news in that Patrick Bamford is popular. Not what we've uh, experienced when listening to other fans' podcasts over the the Premier League season so far, when people seem to be spitting nails at him at every opportunity, but... Or indeed this podcast last season. <laughs> I only assumed that the PFA Fans Player of the Month for September and October. That's two months. Mm,
3: yeah. This, I think this is what international football has done to this this particular trophy. It is a trophy, isn't
2: it? I'm sure he gets a cup.
3: Um yeah, that they've had to go, I'll oh, just do it, combine it, because we've
2: been dicking around playing pointless games for ages. season started in sort of mid-September, didn't it? So I think this is Player of the Month for October and a bit off September that you were playing in. Because he has won it by a landslide, despite the world hating him, I'm assuming this was a public vote.
0: I can only assume so. Although, again, if it had have been last season, I suspect it would have been a very different result. Ah, you'd vote
2: for him anyway. We always want Leeds to win stuff.
3: I noticed Jordan Stevens was was leading in some sort of League One Goal of the month competition as well, which was very clearly being rigged by Leeds fans on Twitter.
2: Jordan Stevens now under the uh, the safe managerial wing of uh, sober, almost more monkish than Gary Monk. John Sheridan has taken over at uh, Swindon Town. Who Jordan, after his um, his struggles with gambling problems previously, it's the uh, the influence he needs to get him on the straight and narrow.
3: Don't go to training. That's what you need to need to learn from John. Or just go in and sack it off.
2: But anyway, so Bamford's won that and. Transfer news ain't stopping, but we still aren't signing Rodrigo de Paul. Rob, you keep your eye on football. Mm, Do we need Rodrigo de Paul?
0: I don't have a clue. I've never seen him play in my life. Um, I'm I'm really, really bored of transfer news right, like, right now. I, I wrote about it in the first issue of the Mag this season that I just found it really weird how we've waited 16 years to get promoted and everyone's instantly looking at who might replace our promotion <laughs> heroes, which I find quite strange. And also, I think we've got a really good team, and I like all our players. Well, bar one obvious exception, but um, Pat
3: Bamford. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, I just I just find it really hard to care. He doesn't sound like he's coming. I've never seen him play. I'm probably never going to watch him play. No, knowingly.
3: Um, Did you see the picture of him paddling?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, that, I suppose that's the one argument for signing him, just to get a really, really handsome team, which, again, I'd be all for,
2: quite frankly. The other argument is his dog, Rocky. Rocky DePaul is one of the finest-looking Labradors I've seen and is his life.
3: Uh, yeah,
0: we'd get Alexis Sanchez in, just get a, a team of dog owners, famous dog owners. I, don't know. I
3: noticed Duke Bamford received some gifts the other day. Yes. A little snack box or something that went on Instagram.
2: Yeah, and uh, has a... Interesting reading material on his coffee table, which does make it sound like adult <laughs> magazines. But no, uh, Pat Bamford's dog was reading our Campion special.
3: I didn't even notice that. I was Did so... you not notice that? No.
2: It's underneath. They've put the um, the box of donuts on a a glass coffee table, and underneath that, there's our Campion special. There.
3: so well, there you go. I was so too busy preoccupied looking at Jukes Duke's other work.
2: If you are a a dog who has not yet bought um, our Campion special, we do still have copies available at the Square Ball net. The only thing in favour of Rodrigo de Paul and I guess other midfielders that we're being perennially linked with is we don't have any midfielders that we showed against Crystal Palace so is that an argument in favour of signing somebody? I know this is an incisive soccer question Michael but I'm looking to you for an answer
3: I'll Just let Stuart Let's do it
1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Coming up on Super Sunday, 4.30pm kickoff, which if you're going to be playing on a Sunday is the right time to be doing it. Less than a year since we hammered them in the FA Cup, Arsenal come to Elland Road. How many are we going to beat them by?
3: Well, we played him not long ago, and we were better then. And we've got better since. And I'm not sure they have. They've changed things, but it doesn't seem to have improved them. What
2: have they changed? Players and stuff. Lots of different players. Has Mikael Arteta changed his jumper? Do you think, or is it still the same one?
3: Well, what jumper was it before? I He's can't remember. Always wears
2: a black jumper. He's got his little uniform on, hasn't he?
3: Got very dark, dense hair as well. I was going to say his hair is certainly the same since the last time we played him. I think. But um, yeah, they don't seem to be very good, do they? Which is quite funny, because it feels like because it's Arteta and he's got some nice ideas, people think he's going to be able to make this work. But the evidence seems to suggest maybe he won't be able to.
2: It is hard to tell the evidence so far. They're 11th in the league. They've won four games, which is good, but they've lost four games, which isn't as good. They haven't drawn any, so Goldilocks will have to look elsewhere for something that's just right. The last game was at home to Villa and they lost to them three nil. We beat Villa about seven Patrick goals to nothing, so surely we're better than these.
0: Yeah, it should be easy, shouldn't it? Again, I'm I'm a bit I don't really know if they're any good or not and it speaks volumes about the wonders of getting a young in vogue manager because I was thinking, Oh, maybe it's a bit like Jurgen Klopp was when he first came to Liverpool and he's just getting his ideas bedded in and moulding his squad and whatnot but Klopp had won like lots of trophies at Dortmund and proven he's a good manager so I mean, Arteta was at City, so he, he might be really good and Eddie and Ketty might score a hat-trick, but I think um, we should just go back to winding him up, basically, like we used to do.
3: He's basically Kevin Blackwell. <laughs> People said he was a good coach and then they've given him the main job and it's, it's sort of doing all right at points, but, I mean, I, I'm not sure if he would play David Healy on the wing, but I suspect he would. He plays Aubameyang on the wing, doesn't he, in fact? He mm. is Kevin Blackwell. <laughs> Best striker on the wing.
2: Oh, yeah. I was looking back at the, the days of um, Kevin Blackwell as assistant to Eddie Gray when we were struggling to, to keep him ahead of the attentions of Manchester United and Tottenham. Um, Tottenham wanted him to be the assistant to who was that famous Italian manager who ended up turning them down? I can't remember his name, but presumably the fact that they couldn't bring in Kevin Blackwell to help him. He was said, no, I, I, I won't even consider it. Will this game settle once and for all the Bamford versus Enketia question. Do you know what? I'd not even thought of that, but it's
0: going to be insufferable, in it, if Enketia scores. It uh, didn't work. He seems nice. I hope he doesn't score, but I don't particularly wish him any ill.
3: I quite like Nketiah when he was there, yeah. Arsenal fans don't like him because Arsenal fans don't like anything. Arsenal fans are idiots.
0: It's worth
2: just saying that right now.
3: Yeah. They're, they're just furious all the time.
2: Yeah, their grudge or their problem with Eddie Enketia seems to be that he, he just hasn't scored a million goals yet. From what I can tell, he's been any other club you'd think, fine, but not for Arsenal. It is a peculiar character that the um, the fans at the Emirates seem to have. It seems like they've almost backed themselves into a corner over stuff like this, where if they're not performatively screaming about every single player over every single thing that they do, then they can't really regard themselves as proper Arsenal fans. A guy like Eddie seems very, very inoffensive as
0: well to get wound up at and i just think i I sort of see they're sort of the epitome of premier league fans that i was really worried about joining and that everything's just a crisis for them
2: and i just think football's not that
0: bad is it really i mean you play in europe you've got a nice ground you've got loads of good players it sounds pretty good to me
2: they've got a player called party
3: although he might not be fit actually so there might be no party which is a shame him, but he's good, apparently, so um, I'm glad he's not going to be fit, necessarily.
2: You'd hope he'd be good at £45 million. Pounds. We've got Rodrigo, though, who cost £50 million pounds less and is back in training at Thorpe Arch, so that should help. And Calvin Phillips, I mean, we were talking about the, the modern character of Arsenal fans. um Follow along with this and if you switch off halfway through, it's okay. But Calvin Phillips told Leaf Davis on Twitch that he might play in this match with a shoulder injection. That's alright, isn't it? There's every, everybody's clear on this, that where once David Sommer had an entire football club banned from Twitter for saying that he'd done his knee, for tweeting that he'd done his knee, I think it's probably more difficult to monitor what players are saying to each other on Twitch, but credit to the person on Reddit, just to introduce a little bit more of the modern internet to this conversation, who recorded the video of them, if people aren't familiar with Twitch they were basically we were playing a computer game together and Leaf is just chatting to Calvin just saying "Oh, how's your shoulder mate he says, oh, I might be alright for the Arsenal game gonna get a injection in my shoulder he's like oh cool that'd be good if you could play and then uh, apparently Pablo Hernandez was playing with them later on
3: Pablo's too old to play computer games I can accept it of the youngsters but he, he's, he doing? he's loading up FIFA 99 and trying to get him playing that
2: but... <laughs> it was some sort of war game so I think it probably suits Pablo mm, true it, based he, on his life
3: he <laughs> He likes the VR one doesn't he just to remind himself
2: Um, So that would be good if we could have Calvin back because the problems against Crystal Palace in particular did seem to be down to no Rodrigo no Pablo Hernandez no Calvin Phillips there was a lot of no and that led to a bad result
3: I'm sure at points people have said that players shouldn't have injections to play because it knackers them later in life and I thank Calvin for doing that because we do need him
2: And if it's uh, Rodrigo it could be a COVID-19 vaccine that they're injecting into him to bring him back.
3: Should we just win this game?
2: It does seem winnable. Arsenal, according to our friends at WhoScored.com, only have two strengths. They are very strong at both. Um, but one of them is defending set pieces. So I mean that's practically irrelevant. Um, they're also strong at creating chances using through balls, but because they're best strikers on the wing, um, I don't think that's going to trouble us unduly. Um, but they're weak at defending against attacks down the wings, long shots Against through attacks, defending counter attacks are also weak at aerial duels. That's a lot of things um, that we could be good at and beat them with.
3: They've got that thing in there as well in style of play, which I'm always a bit suspicious of. The opponents play aggressively against them. It's a bit victim blaming. It's a bit Jack Grealish, that isn't it?
2: <laughs> but I, I think we can win this. By how many goals?
3: Six. Yeah. Or one. Maybe one nil. We'll keep it tight. We'll have as much as Bielsa doesn't have a a plan B. He will have been hurt by us conceding goals and he'll think he's going to make little tweaks, I think, which will tighten it up for us.
2: What do you think, Rob? Do you think, having had no time to work with our defenders because they've all been either injured or away, Bielsa will magically produce a clean sheet against Arsenal?
0: I wouldn't put put it past him, but I'll go for just embracing the madness and let's have another 4-3. Two leads? Uh,
2: Yes, why not? That would be good. I think we'll win this as well. Arsenal are so weird, they're just impossible to, to fathom Just the constant Europa League journeys that they always seem to be on nowadays. Um, I kind of do yearn for the face of Martin Keown to be polluting my TV screen during these. He probably will be. We'll get Michael Brown to kick a ball at him as well. There's Um, no one
3: in this Arsenal team that I hate, actually. It's a fair point. They always had at least one or two who you thought, he's a dick. Xhaka was a bit of a dick
0: in that um, FA Cup game. And I'm, I'm not one to hold a grudge, but... I am one to hold a grudge and I just can't be asked with him.
3: Uh, uh, yeah, I think you are right, but I almost feel like he doesn't count because Arsenal fans hate him just yeah. as much. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Normally that. you get like, like someone like Keown or, I don't know, Roy Keane or Gary Neville or someone who you, you used to hate. Their own fans loved them. Whereas, Xhaka, I remember, I remember after that game just saying, I can completely see now why Arsenal fans hate him because he's useless and he looks like he's going to get sent off all the time. Hopefully he'll play and get sent off.
2: <laughs> What's wrong with the Premier League? Well, according to Arsenal fans, their own existence according to us all the other stuff. It's not really the uh, the Premier League that we need to sort out this week necessarily. I have come as I never thought I would to miss it. It's international breaks seem to be the problem. This was never a problem to us when we were in League One. Just play every week and it was fantastic. Twice in some weeks and we used to win all the time so it was pretty good but I'm just I've been bored and it feels like it's never going to end.
3: In other sports like in cricket don't you play for a county, but then there's international games, and you just don't play, and life goes on.
2: I think that sounds about right. There was
0: a um, there was a Leeds Rhinos game from like ten years ago. I think it was maybe twelve years ago, two thousand and eight, uh, and they had about nine players on international duty, and they just they had a game against Castleford the following day, and just played with like an academy team, and they actually won, which remains like one of my favourite. Leeds-Rhinos games because it was just hilarious seeing Castleford get beat by a team of kids so sorry to any Castleford fans listening so I, I feel like yeah that I think we should just crack on life's no. boring without Leeds games it's just there's nothing to do
3: I know we were disappointed by the performance against Blackpool but if that had been against an Arsenal team of children instead and we could have just been playing Robbie Gotts could have been on the bench for it that would have been, <laughs> been nice for him
2: you seem to be proposing that we get around international breaks by taking the uh, the Papa John's trophy more seriously. Is that the solution?
3: Just play through. That's all I'm saying. Then maybe bully international teams into having fewer games. So the tournaments are nice in summer. There's nothing going on then. So have that. I mean, a lot. A big complaint of international managers seems to be that they don't get enough pl- time with the players and stuff. But if it, if everyone has the same, if no one gets any time with the players, level playing field at least. You just you just get to pick them for a tournament and then everyone turns up and if everyone's terrible that's fair.
2: It did seem like it would have been simpler for Spain to have Kiko Casilla in their team during this international break than for us to have him in ours and then it would mean um, who's Spain's goalkeeper is it still that De Gea that's useless the uh, at least he's keeping Henderson out of their team and ruining his life but we could have uh, Melier wouldn't have to go to France under 21s would he it would be all, all fine so perhaps Instead of putting our youth team players into these tawdry matches in Lancashire, we send them off to play in the Nations League and just crack on with the Premier League fixture programme.
3: I'm happy with either of those solutions. Just don't ever play this many international games again, please. I beg you.
2: Levi's solicitors love the Squareball podcast and we love them for all 85 years of their legal excellence that they have. And because they're a leads company, you can trust with your legal problems. They're completely transparent with their fees, so you always know what you're paying. And as a listener to this show, there is a 10% discount for you at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. If you need any help with new build residential properties, wills and probates, commercial dispute resolution, or legal cost services, or other stuff. There's loads of it, too many to read. But you'll pay what you're told and it'll be cheap if you use us. Thelevisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. They're great. We like them. If you need legal help, ask them. There you go.
3: Mr. your call in there writing adverts. <laughs> Colgate, it's toothpaste. It'll keep your teeth clean. If you've got teeth, why not use this?
2: Heroes and villains for the past week, starting with what is still called the Ken Bates Villainy Award, even though we're no longer nominating him for it, because we thought he'd stop doing stuff. And also, our Ken in uh, our replacement, Ken, our surrogate Ken over in Casper, Wyoming, got uh, knocked out and is on um, Darko Melanich style gardening leave. But then Ken Bates did actually crop up. There was confirmation of continued consciousness because The Athletic did an article about Casper Schmeichel leaving Leeds and how apparently we only got something like half a million for him. Even that that number keeps going down and down and you never wanted to go anyway. And the way you just turned your, your eyes cast downwards is, is, is the, the sheer depression of... We'll, we'll find out next that we only actually got like a, a packet of wine gums for Robert Snodgrass.
3: Well, Ken and Sean used to do this, didn't they? We'd sell a player, uh, one of our best players, and then they'd go about explaining how we'd not got any money for them. It was the same with Max Gradle. I remember when we sold him, they were like, well... It says two million pounds, but there's agents' fees, and then we've lost some money in the currency. And it's like, well, why are you selling then? <laughs> it we, was the exchange rate. <laughs> keep on him, for God's
2: sake. Well, on this, there was a there was a line in it where they said that they'd um, they'd asked Ken Bates for comment and had not received one. So at least he's still there, refusing to comment on things. However, Donald Trump is never never refusing to comment on anything, and for some reason is involving Leeds United. Is he just going out? kicking at absolutely anybody starting with leads
3: it reminds me of this of when I think it was Carlton Palmer first started using Twitter and he seemed to think he could just write at and someone's name and it would definitely go to the right person and I'm, th- I'm sure Carlton Palmer was even doing it for people who weren't on Twitter he just thought <laughs> it was a way of contacting people who just put like at Howard Wilkinson and then <laughs> hope it would get to them Trump seems to be going down that route um so Alfred E Newman won got tagged in something when it's nothing to do with him. He's just some random Leeds fan with about 100 followers or something. What was his account locked before that
0: tweet? Because I subsequently
3: saw it and clicked on his profile and found it was locked, but it was was afterwards. I suspect he's probably locked it to save a load of gun-toting uh, <laughs> lunatics. There was trouble sending coming him, his sending way.
2: Sending him abuse. There was trouble coming his way. Uh, Donald Trump had accused him of running Indiana. He appeared to think he was Mayor Pete of... Um, Indiana's most unsuccessful city by far. It's very confusing to really understand why he picked on Alfred in this situation. So absolutely no complaints with Alf for uh, for shutting that off as uh, as quickly as he could. Who else have we got this week?
0: I'd like to nominate Bailey Peacock-Farrell. I mean, I was just about to ask when we were talking about Schmeichel that um, have we ever sold a player for like a decent amount of money? And then Peacock-Farrell did immediately spring to mind. But I, I mean, I would like to nominate him though for... Making Stuart Dallas sad. I don't like seeing that. I want to see Stuart Dallas as happy as possible. And for generally just being a bit of a useless keeper. I did see as well researching that he wears number fifteen for Burnley, which just feels really, really wrong for a second choice
2: goalkeeper. It's or not third
0: a, choice goalkeeper, whatever he is. It's not a goalkeeper number, is it? It's Stuart it? Dallas's number. How
2: Ooh. much did we get for him again? With some of that well, I mean, depends if you if you factor in the uh, the Ken Bates adjustments, nothing. Um, which, is
3: fair, which would be fair.
0: But without
2: him being in charge of it, it was something like three and a half million quid.
3: Did Burnley buy him in Euros? Was that was the that problem? <laughs> Amazing. I mean, he was always rubbish. I don't know how anyone watched him and thought he was worth buying, even with the premium you get on young British players. Just get someone else. Get, another, get a different young British goalkeeper.
2: To temporarily defend Bailey Peacock Farrell, which I <gasps> always have done, because the video that people always mention was produced before he even played a game for Leeds to say maybe he shouldn't because it'll only end up badly. And I don't think we should bring um,
3: that's you helping him, is it suggesting he should never, a, a professional <laughs> footballer should never play?
2: The argument was Felix Viedvald is a grown up and he can take it. Bailey Peacock Farrell at the time was a child. And judging by the way he played on loan for York City, I did not think it would go well, to be fair to him. He did actually go well and people never throw back in my face the article I wrote claiming that he was the next John Lukic and will play 170 consecutive matches for Leeds in the Premier League. But he does have that ability and that's what I was coming around to. He did kind of con the Northern Irish fans for a while into thinking, oh, he's made some good saves, decent keeper, he looks good, don't know what the Leeds fans' problem is. And it was interesting to uh, to see that change after his failure to defend his near post which he's been failing to do since the day he was born, cost them a place in an international tournament. I shouldn't laugh. I, I was
0: looking at how just unjust international football can be because I've seen that Bailey Peacock-Farrell, bearing in mind he's played two games for Burnley, has won 17 caps for Northern Ireland. And then I was looking at Nigel Martin, who I think won 20 caps for England or 21 caps for England, which is quite frightening, really.
2: It is crazy. I remember the days when um, Ian Hart had played more games for Ireland than he had for Leeds United. It's always a, a funny... and it feeds into just cancelling international football. It's it's much easier, as does our next nominees, Veslo.com. What's their problem?
3: They gave Matt Click, the faultless Matt Click, uh three out of ten for his performance. In a game they won 2-0, by the way. And he got three out of ten and was their worst player, apparently. Google Translate isn't always great on these things, but some of the complaints were man loss is one of is a sentence. If we wanted to count how he lost the ball in the middle of the field, we would be missing one hand.
2: So that's five times. That's not bad, is it? How many times did he pass it successfully? Like a million.
3: Sometimes he tried to interrupt them in a comedic way, such as when he wanted to foul one of his opponents by force, but not the one who had the ball at his feet. So I think he's tried to stop the game by just cluttering someone else.
0: Why do they make that sound like a bad thing, though? That sounds excellent to me.
3: I've no idea. He sounds like he's doing his usual stuff, which I appreciate. But if Klee could defend himself with the creation today, but this one also failed. The worst among the white and reds? It is possible, so...
2: I mean, isn't there the thing with um, match ratings etiquette that you don't go lower than four, which is always a bit ridiculous because it means that four numbers are just completely unused, but three?
3: You never go ten either, do you? As a rule. Unless one has got more than a hat trick, I uh, probably wouldn't give them a ten.
2: I am actually, in fact, I think it's the French way where they do actually use the full spectrum of ten. I was going to say, is, is
0: this Poland's equivalent to lucky poo? France will win four nil and they'll give their players fives all around. Just like yeah, that was fine, which I kind of appreciate. Yeah,
2: and they win two nil and Matlick gets a three. He might have been the worst player on the pitch, but still, surely better than a three in a win. Any other villains that we need to uh, take into account, or is that our lot?
3: Given there's been no football on, it's been hard to uh,
2: to get some. We Jack should, Grealish. We should have brought Ken Bates back for this one, shouldn't we? Jack Grealish, yeah, for fooling people into thinking he's good. Look, he's not the next gazer. Gareth Southgate actually for
0: making England games so boring again because there was a period after the World Cup where I actually quite enjoyed watching England which was the first time in my life outside of an international tournament where it was actually quite fun and now he's got obsessed with picking a 11 of right backs or defensive midfielders and it's, it's, I don't even bother pretending to watch now it's just rubbish
3: Yeah, you do look at the team we're starting with and just think I'm not bothered about seeing what happens there because it's there are seven defenders on the pitch and I watched a full season of George Graham trying to draw games nil-nil and I'm not interested in any more of it.
0: It's really hard work to work out the 11 because the FA tweeted it out by squad numbers rather than position. So I looked at the one for the Belgian game the other night and just thought, no, I'm not watching it. So I've got to try and physically work out who's playing where.
3: Which of it's
2: these, not going to be fun.
3: Which of these four players are actually at right back?
2: Southgate's in a, a weird position because I don't detect much sort of enthusiasm for the idea of actually sacking him. And I can only assume from a Leeds fan's perspective, if Gareth Southgate got sacked tomorrow, they're gonna start talking about Bielsa for the job, aren't they? And I wouldn't want that. And also, if Gareth Southgate is not in the England job, he's gonna go for a club job. So if the leads, if Bielsa did leave Southgate for Leeds, and I'd just, I'd rather he just stuck to managing England, where he can't do us any harm. It's a nice fit, isn't it? Because it's just, oh, just all very bland, and that's fine. Eddie Howe's name
3: has been mentioned. If you want someone bland in charge of England, or Fra- oh Frank will get it at some point,
2: won't he? So we're nominating uh, Gareth Southgate. Or the waistcoat industry in general? Just him.
3: Has he even got rid of the waistcoat now? That was his main appeal at one stage, wasn't it? Again, I've not watched it for so long. I don't even know if that's
2: true. Well, anybody else? So we've got Gareth Southgate, Donald Trump, Bailey Peacock Farrell and Veslo.com. Who is the worst? Give it to Veslo. Give them a taste of their own medicine. Are we giving them three out of ten? Two out of ten. Yeah. See how they like that. Yeah,
0: that seems right.
2: Their entire match report was like a man-loss. hyphen See how they like it. I like this, though. I like the Andy Hughes Hero Award. In fact, we should, um, a retrospective uh, villain nomination, Gary Monk, for getting himself sacked, and that meant that Andy Hughes is out of a job, because he'd just gone to Sheffield Wednesday to be a coach there, and through no fault of his own, because he can't blame him for how their season started, Gary Monk's lost his job for him, so should have had that in uh, in before. Not quite as bad as com. He's still a hero to us, though. Who else is a hero worthy of Andy Hughes's name
3: we mentioned him in the click there I think he needs to be a hero for his reply to the official club twitter account tweeting that uh, Alioski was going to be playing the Euros and uh, with a nice picture of him on a jazzy background with his hair all spiked up and he just replied Eurovision question mark which I think we've touched on Alioski being a good Eurovision man before so but this picture is very very nice of him It's good to see him interacting with stuff I think we should just heap a bit more praise on
0: Klitsch. I know you probably have done that already quite a few times this season, but he is just ace and I really, really like him. Even as a DM? I liked him at Villa and in that Leicester game, there was one beautiful volleyed pass I noticed and then that was before they scored four goals Though, Who else have we got? Uh, I'd like to just briefly mention Calvin Phillips. I know he's not been playing. I like him on Twitch. I think that's quite just a funny way of releasing injury news, but then Also, uh, he did that interview with the Times and I just really liked the photo of him stood in front of the side before self every time.
2: Um, And it's just beautiful. He's very, very enjoyable. It was a very good interview. Um, Get the whole full family story and lots of lovely photos. And I suppose we can nominate as well whoever, I don't think they've been named yet, but the people who've stuck a mural of him up on the calls, that's to be approved of. Are there any other defensive midfielders that you want to nominate, Rob? No, because I only tend to regard one, unlike certain managers. Okay. Pascal Stroik, no? Uh, No. Okay. Anybody else? Uh, Derby County. We knew this would happen at some point. This is for fulfilling expectations.
3: Yeah. Well, it's one of those things. It seemed obvious that it would happen. But then there was a bit of the logical bit of your brain thought, even they can't be stupid enough to give Wayne Rooney a managerial role. But it seems like that's what they're doing. So they've got rid of Koku, uh, the bottom of the league. And now they've got
2: Wim Rooney in charge. It's temporary, though, isn't it? For now, for now.
3: But he'll win. A, he'll like win his first two games, and they'll give him it permanently, and it'll be a disaster. Which is great.
0: It feels like moral justice, doesn't it? After everything that happened, Frank Lampard, the car crash, quite literally, and then you know they're getting what they deserve after the way they acted that night. It's quite sweet to enjoy.
3: They seem to be escaping punishment from the football league as well for for the various financial things they've done. So them doing this to themselves. <laughs> is a beautiful bit of poetic justice.
2: Anybody else that we want to nominate for heroism?
3: This one, uh, thanks to at LUFC Chris for this one. It's a very old story, in fairness, but Joanna Izzett, who saved Steve Nickel from a pond, a frozen pond that, that he fell in when he was out walking his dogs. Does
2: that qualify as an act of heroism?
3: <laughs> I can't imagine he was that pleased, really, Steve Nickel. He's probably enjoying the icy water. I don't know. I mean, I... Th- I mean, it is, if you want to give
2: us a story.
3: He was out walking his dogs and one of them, is a, he's got a 10 stone dog as Steve Nicol, which sounds ridiculous. I don't know if he rides it sometimes,
2: potentially. It, it does clarify it is a Bernese mountain dog. That's probably the average for the breed.
3: I don't even know what one of those looks like. But it'll, it'll
2: be big. It's a big dog he's got anyway.
3: But that went out onto a, some frozen lake and Steve went out to rescue it.
2: Just for a, a detail as well, it was the the ten stone Burmese mountain dog ran onto the ice as he walked his four pets. I
3: don't know what the others are.
2: Hamsters? Three hamsters on a leash and one massive mountain dog? Anyway, is, so now they're on the ice. This sounds terrible. Can you guess what happens next? Well, I assume he calls for help and perhaps uh, raises the alarm with the proper authorities. You know sometimes
3: when you're walking by a lake and it'll say, danger, thin ice, don't walk on it.
2: <laughs> is that normally is when he's giving his opinions about Marcelo Bielsa?
3: Yep, but with a complete lack of control. He went on to the ace and he fell in. Uh, but he was in there for ages and then it took uh, this woman to come along and rescue him. So she very sensibly stayed out of the water and, and like threw the lead to him and pulled him in. But if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Joanne Joanna it we wouldn't have Steve Nichols' joyous opinions in the world. So we, is it too late to move this to her? No we don't we don't wish she <laughs> died doing No, not at
2: all. <laughs> Although I mean it does sound uh... Close. he can only he says he I struggled in the water for about twenty minutes. I that that's lack of breath is it's not sustainable. I just wanted to do the not sustainable joke. Treading water for so long. I've got a nominee on a similar theme. Steve Nickel. Mm. But with two L's. Um contacted us as well to say that uh, he listens to the Square Ball and the Extra Ball um, and is alarmed at how much time Steve Nickel is getting in the podcast. I understand he is hilarious with his comments, which is probably news to Steve Nichol himself, but as a Leeds fan of more than 50 years, I thought I had finally got rid of his spectre. I now find I am getting lesser fans of other clubs taking the mick once again on what he has to say about my beloved club and asking if I am the person making the comments. So please, please, please quantify any comments from him as the ex-Liverpool player and bias supporter and not the beloved Yorkshireman, as he's as our Steve is calling himself. The beloved Yorkshireman, albeit living in the Midlands and having to put up with uh, the rubbish over the last 16 years, now having to put up again with being a namesake fan. So, I mean, to go through life carrying a slightly differently spelt version of Steve Nichols' name is bad enough, but I suppose... Uh, am I nominating us as the villains for for dragging the actual, the ex-Liverpool Steve Nichol out of the water and back into good Steve Nichols' life?
3: Yorkshire sure. Steve Nichol just needs to go and high him into a frozen lake again but and hope that there's not a, a kind woman walking past this time.
2: I mean, to Joanna it just to go back to her, um, she is also a care worker, so she is actually genuinely a kind woman. And to, to finish this story, so she waded out. I know we're, we're glossing over Steve Nichol with two L's now to go back to Joanne. She waded out, dangled the dog lead to him, dragged him back in, rescued the dogs... Then she uh, wrapped him in her jacket and cardigan, made a ten-minute run home to get her car, and then drove him home to his wife Helena. I didn't even know who he was. Joanne said she just was that kind. She feels like it, unless we've any any better nominees. Steve I, came to the
3: door later with a lovely bouquet and a thank you card. These flowers—they they, won't last if you don't put
2: them in water. It's just not sustainable. I mean, I bought you look these fresh, but they'll be dead
3: in a week. What a waste of fucking money.
2: Shall we give it to Joanne?
0: I feel like it would probably be remiss to give it to Matt Click after a bit, just because he got a three out of 10.
2: And Steve misspelled nickel. Sorry for everything that we've done. But uh, Joanne Rissett, well done. Belated congratulations.
3: That was in 2003, by the way.
2: It's never too late to say thank you. That's it from us. Sorry about the substandard presenting this week. Hopefully, Dan Moylan will be back to do it properly. Very soon. In the meantime, our charity calendar is out. You can listen ad-free by subscribing to TSB Plus to get early access to the match ball. There will be a match ball along after the Arsenal game as well to talk about how much we beat them. And then uh, next week, I assume, we'll be talking about how badly Arsenal fans TV have taken it, which is um, something to look forward to. Also, issue three of the fanzine is out around the Arsenal game as well. Pat Bamford on the cover, not letting VAR get him down, and looking great in the green and blue as he always seems to do. So go to thesquareball.net, look at all that, and listen out for us again next week. Thanks very much. Bye bye. The Square Ball Podcast.